pray with me this morning. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. We're just thankful for your love, your grace. Uh, We thank you for these baptisms, Lord. We thank you for each life that uh, is making that profession, Lord, that you would just lead them and strengthen them and and move in their life. And I pray that you continue to grow them and sharpen them, that this is not a stopping point. This is a launching point into the the deepness of your love and the deepness of the gospel and the grace. And we thank you for those seniors, Father, that are uh, launching out as well. Father, would you cover them and bless them and, and grow them in their faith and stretch them and mold them and know that they have a church body that loves them and supports them. So, Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. If you have your Bibles, go and pull them out. We're going to be in Acts chapter 8 today as uh, we kind of uh, look at a passage about baptism. It's wonderful to celebrate and see all the baptisms. I got to tell you, we're not going to be real long today, okay? So just put off your fears about that. But we're going to, you know, dive into a passage about baptism and celebrate. We saw the joy of the Lord when we give those hugs and we celebrate with those that are growing the faith. It's such a celebration of faith. And that's what we see as those that were baptized were walking away with great joy. And I pray that that would be true of us, that we would walk away and see the joy of the Lord. I want you to know I've uh, baptized in Kalskag, Alaska, on the Yukon River. That was a cold baptism, okay? So this is nice and warm up here, but it's such a celebration of those being baptized in their faith. Baptism is a, is a big deal. Baptism is an important reminder of God's love for us. And so that's what I want you to say is how baptism reminds each one of us of God's love. And there may be someone today that just needs to know that God loves you with an incredible love and that you need to receive that love in the Lord Jesus. Today's passage, I'm going to go back to chapter 8, verse 5 through, uh, uh, five through 8 real quick for you. This is what's going on with Philip. I'm going to read real quick. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ. And the crowds with one accord paid attention to what was being said by Philip. And when he heard him, he saw the signs that he did. For unclean spirits came out of many who were possessed, crying out to the Lord. And many who were paralyzed or lame or were healed. So there was great joy in the city. So there's great joy. What's going on is Philip's in the middle of a revival. The people of God are growing. People are hearing and listening to the word of God. Miracles are being done. The Holy Spirit's at work. It's a very powerful time. You would think God would say, Philip, just stay there. But Philip had another mission. God had another mission for Philip that day, and we're going to see that in the passage we're looking at. So if you got it, your Bibles, chapter 8, verse 26 through 40 is what I'm going to read for us as we dive into this. This is what it says. Now the angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise and go to the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is the desert place. And he rose and he went. And there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of Ethiopians, who was in charge of all of her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, go over and join the chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard the reading of Isaiah the prophet and asked, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I understand unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of scripture that he was reading was this, and this is from Isaiah 53. It says, like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter and like a lamb before his shearer is silent. So he opens not his mouth In the humiliation. Justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, About whom, I ask you, does this prophet say this about? 
himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with the scriptures, he told them about the good news of Jesus. And after they were going along the road, they came to some water, and uh, the eunuch said, what see here is water, what prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, and Philip, the eunuch, uh, and he baptized him. And then when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus, which was about 20 miles away, and he passed through and he preached the gospel to all towns until he came to Caesarea. So here I want you to see there's this revival going on. There's this, but God's got a new direction for Philip in the midst of it. He's going to send Peter and say, you take care of these people. He says, I want you to go to this desert place. And this would have been a very strange place for him to be sent. There were other roads, but other paths that would have been better to take. But he says, no, I want you to go on this road and take this road because you would have run out of possibly water, been very thirsty, uh, possibly could have died. But the Lord put Philip in the right place at the right time to meet this Ethiopian eunuch. And that's what I want you to see today is that God loved this one man, this one Ethiopian man, and God absolutely loves you. He loves you in an individual. He loves you in an un, just a consuming way, his radical love for you. But God knew that that man would be on the road that day. And so the Lord put Philip in the, just the right spot at just the right time to meet this Ethiopian. And so one of the, the best things that I can see is that Jesus loves us. He loves you individually. He loves you even more than, you know, he loves that group, absolutely. But sometimes we think in this world, oh, God only loves those people. He only loves that. No, I want everyone to hear today that he loves you with an infinite love, that he would send his son, Jesus Christ, to die for you. This man that he was going to meet with was very powerful, okay? He was the leader of this country. He was kind of like the finance administrator of what would have been almost all of Africa. So he was overseeing great treasure had great responsibility. He was in a chariot that's very rare for someone in a, you know, to have a chariot this time. He was also had a scribe, um, a copy of the readings of Isaiah 53, which was amazing. The papyrus alone would have been incredibly expensive. So this guy had it all, but he didn't have Jesus, okay? And that's what we see today that he needs. And so the religion wasn't enough, the, the, the money wasn't enough, the power, the prestige, all the positions, that's not enough. This man desperately needed Jesus Christ. And here's the truth for every one of us. We desperately need Jesus, every one of us. And he died for our sins on the cross. And that's what the, the whole point is, that he would go and he would share with them the, the good news, the scriptures, and reveal to him the love of Jesus. God led Philip the, the, to this Ethiopian just in time for him to hear this reading of this passage. And I want you to know this was pretty common. This is how people, he was coming back from a time of worship. He was, he was, he was religious. And so he came back and he's reading this out loud, and that's what they would have done. And God says, hey, run up to him. And so he overhears him this passage in Isaiah 53, and it's a very vivid description of the suffering of Jesus Christ. That's what Isaiah 53 is, probably the most vivid description of the suffering of Christ in the Bible. 
Well, Jesus, I want you to know, he absolutely suffered and died for our sins. And he was beaten beyond recognition. When he was beaten for our sins, they couldn't even, the thorns, the, um, the, the lashings on his back was beyond recognition. Most of us would have probably died just from those, uh, those beatings. But he went then to the cross and was crucified on a cross. And uh, in a book by Lee Strobel, he talks about this. And he says he probably about five to seven inch nails that were driven into his wrists and his feet. For us, because he loved us, and what would have happened, this would have been excruciating painful. He says it would have gone into this, this nerve right here that's basically our funny bone. And it would have been like getting your funny bone squeezed with a pair of pliers is kind of the analogy that he uses. And it's really incredible what Christ went for us. But that's just the Lord's physical suffering. That's just the tip of the iceberg. He went through for us because of our sins. God the Father laid all of our guilt, all of our sin, all of our shame on Jesus Christ so that we could be freed for eternal life in Him as we put our faith and trust. So baptism reminds us of the great sacrifice that Christ went through for us. Going under the water and coming back up is a picture of the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that baptism reminds us of God's love. So I want you to, maybe you remember back to your baptism or you see these baptisms today, know that God loves you with an incredible, radical love. The other thing it reminds us about is that we need to be caring Christians. We need to care for one another. We need to minister and, and, and literally listen to one another when one's hurting or broken. Philip gives in a great example of a caring Christian. In verse uh, 27, it says, he obeyed the Lord and he went out on this desert road. I mean, nobody wanted to go there. Lord, send me anywhere, you know, that's good, comfortable. You know, I would, you know, we'll go to Hawaii, whatever you want. But Lord, don't send me there. You know, don't send me to this hard place. And that's what the Lord was saying. No, you go this hard road. And he says, I'll do it. And he obeyed, and Philip was obedient and humble in spirit. And then he cared enough to run up to the Ethiopian eunuch. He's in this chariot, and he's running by, and he's like, I'm going to catch up with him. The Lord gives him strength and obedience to run after him, to hear what was going on. And then he cares enough to listen. He has questions about, you know, what does this mean? I don't understand. Who is this written about? Philip cared about crossing barriers. And sometimes I wonder if we only like to share the good news with people we're comfortable with people that are in our circle or people that are around us. Friend, we need to be willing to go across barriers to extend the love of Christ to anyone that desires to hear it because God loves every one of us. You know, and he cared enough to build a relationship with this Ethiopian. Philip cared enough to, you know, ask him questions about his life. And that needs to be an example for us. He was also prepared. He was prepared to share the good news about Jesus Christ. When he had questions, he answered them, and he talked about the scriptures, and he talked about Jesus. Friend, if you're going to tell someone that you love about the Lord, don't just, you know, do something good or, or just help them. Those are great things, but also talk to them about Jesus Christ. He's the one that died for our sins so that we could have a life new in Jesus Christ when we're raised to that new life. Philip was ready to tell the good news. He was, he was ready and willing and able because he cared about Jesus and he cared about others because he cared about Jesus. And that needs to be true of our hearts. We need to care about those that may be far or don't know the Lord because they matter to Jesus Christ. And so I pray that that would be true of us. So what does that got to do with baptism? Well, none of us are going to this, the baptism waters. This isn't special waters. We are baptized and freed from the sin because of the blood of Jesus Christ. But we're making a symbol of what we're standing for in Jesus Christ, that we put our faith and our trust in Him. And so nobody makes it here alone. 
You have parents that love you. You have grandparents that love you. You have people that are prayer warriors praying for you, lifting you up to the Lord to continue to grow in your faith. And we, we have pastors and you know, witnesses and Christian friends. It takes the whole body of Christ to care for one another. And I pray that that would be a true mark of us, that we would see our baptism not just as the love of God, but also a mark that we are called to care for and minister to one of us. In a couple of weeks, there's going to be VBS. And I got to tell you, somebody might come to VBS with different intentions. Maybe they just want the mornings off from their kids so they can do different things. You know what? Regardless, we're going to love every one of those kids and share the gospel with them. You know, many of them come to know Jesus Christ, and that's the most exciting thing. VBS is one of the launching points for so many kids in their ministry, and then they bring and welcome their kids, their parents to the Lord. That's what we celebrate. So we've got to be caring about those. And the third thing I want you to see this morning about baptism is it's, it's this miraculous meeting in our salvation. That's what we celebrate is our salvation. The meeting between um, Philip and this Ethiopian eunuch never would have happened without miracles from God. God sent a messenger, said, hey, take this road. And he does it. He obeys. He's obedient. That's Philip's response. And then he says, you know what? Um, catch up with them. He catches up with them. He hears them. He, see, he invites them into the chariot, you know? So they have this meeting, and it's incredible that, he, you know, it's this miracle that's going all along the way. But the miraculous miracle of God getting them together and getting them in the same place and Philip being obedient to sharing the gospel and sharing about Jesus, that's incredible. But the thing is, is that's not the only miracle here. That's not even the best miracle. The best miracle is when they, this Ethiopian eunuch trusts Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And he has salvation and he has eternal life. And friend, that's the same miracle for every one of us that puts our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And that you trust him as our Lord and Savior. And I pray that that would be true of us. I pray that God would use us to, to be a place where the Holy Spirit would grow and shape us and mold us for the kingdom of God. And so let the baptisms today be a testimony. God loves you with a radical love. Now care for one another. And then personally reflect upon your relationship with Jesus Christ. Because really it means from death to life, to eternal life in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we come before you this morning, and um, we, uh, we thank you for these baptisms. We thank you for your work and your power and your might in our lives, and we thank you for your kindness and grace, and Lord, I pray that you would uh, just strengthen and encourage this body. I pray that there be great celebrations of faith today because of your grace and your mercy, that you changed us wretched sinners uh, into a, a clear as snow, that we are wiped away the sins of uh, the, our sins, Father, because of your grace and your mercy. So we rest in you. We trust you. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.